0: I don't know if you noticed just a couple of minutes ago that the manger that we have here on the floor attracted a follower, just like the manger has attracted followers after the very first time it held a child. And now there's a baby in the manger, just so you know, because it was empty and it needed a baby in it now. So thanks, Lauren. That was awesome that you came up and, and... and put your baby here in the, in the manger. And for everybody who has children with you tonight, I, I didn't say at the beginning that um, Westminster is, a, is a, a church that gets kids. We understand that kids need to move around and wiggle and make noise and, and do what they do, and in worship, we believe that you know it's okay. Worship ought to be about life. It ought to be really happy sometimes, and sometimes it's going to be sad, and sometimes it'll just be sort of whatever. (laughs) But as we consider Christmas, and as I relate it to this story of Scrooge, something struck me about his redemption. And that's the fact that in the beginning of the story, much like you and I, Scrooge probably didn't have any idea that he needed redemption. He may not have had any idea that life could be any different than what it was. He felt like he had it figured out. I mean, he did his work, he was very frugal, he was banking a lot of money, he was holding people very accountable, he had certain ideas about poverty and wealth and, and, you know, how people who weren't making their way in the world should be treated. I mean, he had it all figured out. And I'm guessing that he felt his life was just fine. Just like I think most of us do. if you'd have told him there's going to be a change in your life, something's going to happen and you're going to live differently, he'd have probably gone bah humbug. Why would I want to change my life? It seems pretty good right at the moment. And yet, and yet in this story, the reason why it's captured attention All of this time since the mid-1800s is because I think there is something in each one of us that knows, that knows that one, we either need redemption or we have been redeemed. That there's something in us that yearns for that new life, for something to change and break in us so that we can become new and different. And yet for us, I think, in some ways, redemption is as unbelievable as God coming in the flesh. And that's where many people get stuck, isn't it? Jesus being in god incarnate meaning the god who put on flesh is unbelievable to us and so in some sense it goes it correlates to the fact that if we can't believe that god loves the world so much that god would send his son to show us a new way, to show us a way of redemption, to show us a new life of love and of hope and of grace. That's unbelievable, and so our redemption is unbelievable to us as well. And yet, and yet, stories of redemption capture us all the time. We love to hear stories of people who have turned their lives around from very desperate circumstances. We love to hear those stories that captures and it ignites something in us that wants us that then we want to live better, be better, be different. To put our circumstances in the past behind us. And to walk forward in a new kind of life. But it wasn't until, in the story of Scrooge, it wasn't until he looked at his past very carefully. And he didn't live there. He didn't live with that sorrow. But it hit him in such a way that it began to break open his heart a little bit. He began to have compassion for his younger self. He began to have compassion for his middle-aged self. He began... He begun to have compassion for himself. And without compassion for himself, without compassion for ourselves, we cannot have compassion for others. And oftentimes I think that's why redemption never hits home for us, is because we are unwilling to have compassion for ourselves. We hold ourselves to a different standard than we would hold anybody else in the world to. We're harder on ourselves than we are on almost anybody else. But as Scrooge looked at his past, began to open him up a little bit. He began to have compassion for himself. And then he came into his present and he began to see how the way he was living his life was affecting others. He began to see the way he was living his life, how people talked about him and, and what they did sort of around him that he didn't know was going on. And he discovered he discovered that his nephew, who he basically ignored, each and every year still would lift a glass and pray for him. Even though everybody around him, and his wife included, was sort of poo-poo that. And then it was when he began to look at his future and the future of the people around him and how the the effect of living his life and the way that he was living it was going to play out. That the self-compassion and that realization of the present all came together to set him free for a new life. He saw the future ahead of him and it wasn't what he wanted to see And he then began to see that there was a possibility for something different. I doubt that those shepherds in the fields thought that there was a possibility for much different when they were out there and then angels showed up. I'm guessing that Herod even though he knew that the Messiah was supposed to be coming and he'd heard all the prophecies and all of that, I'm guessing he didn't think things were going to be much different either because he had all the power. He could kill people with the snap of his fingers, with just a word. He could control his world. I'm guessing the Roman government for which he worked didn't think that things were much going to change either. And yet... And yet, this child, born in Nowheresville, Bethlehem, the one who becomes a refugee with his family to Egypt, grows up to become the one to offer a new life to every person, to everyone no matter how unredeemable they think they are, no matter how unredeemable anybody else thinks they are. And so tonight, my message to you is, if that's you, if that's part of where you're at, like, I don't need redemption, I'm going to invite you to look at your past, to look at your present and to look at your future. And to see if, that's, if the trajectory that you've been on is the trajectory you want to be on. If there are things that you would invite God to break open in you to change so that you might live a new life, a different life. And maybe it's just something little, you know, that breaks it wide open for you. Maybe you need a wholesale change, though, like Scrooge. I don't know what the Spirit would have for you tonight. And then I would invite you, I would invite you not to just keep the Christmas spirit around Christmas time. We do lots of things around Christmas that we don't do any other time of the year, don't we? I see people baking cookies for the homeless, going to the nursing home to sing doing all these wonderful good deeds they're in the Starbucks telling everybody happy holidays or merry Christmas and the rest of the time they're just going about their business Christmas affects us for about 24 or 48 hours what if we kept Christmas well what if we kept Christmas as if it were possible to be redeemed and that Our redemption had already happened, and that we had the offer of a new life for everybody that we came into contact with. That everybody we met, no matter how Scrooge like, (laughs) was worthy of compassion, worthy of honor, worthy of a smile, worthy of attention. What if we took that spirit of redemption and carried it into every day of the year? What if you gave the gift to your family this year that you made a commitment that every month of the year you were going to do something a little bit outside of the norm to serve somebody else? Maybe it's going to visit a nursing home. Maybe it's going to serve at the homeless shelter. Maybe it's something. Maybe you already do that. Maybe add another day in that month where you do that. Because the only way the world is going to change is if we change as God changes us through a child who showed us that redemption has already happened and that it is for us and for everyone. So may you, may we, Keep Christmas well, today and every day. God bless us, everyone. Amen.